0: Good evening, everyone. I'm Sheila Enriquez with Common Ownership Communities. Thank you for being here with us tonight. Uh, We're going to have a really good show. We got really two good people on tonight. Raylene and also Kim will be joining us. So um, I currently live in the state of Maryland. I live in a common ownership community. I've been on my board of directors since 2009. I've been living in my community since 2009. we have all different kind of experiences here. Um, common ownership communities include HOAs, kind of, many associations, of course, and um, co-op cooperatives. So what I'm going to do is let my next guest, Raylene, introduce herself. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.
1: welcome. <laughs> I'm Raylene Schifano. Um I am actually with HOA Fight Club, which is a nonprofit now. Um, if you go back, my HOA years started in a condo association when I purchased in 2014. Um, you know, it was very simple. I just started getting, you know, these bills and these fines for things. And so I had fought the the board of directors and tried to understand why they were fining me. And it was just what I found out in my community was the board had been finding people into foreclosure for, I mean, 20 years, there was the records on the of the association um, showed that most of the homes in the 130 homes, um, most of them had been foreclosed on at one time, um, liens have been applied to most of the homes. Um, it, and when I finally realized all of this, I started questioning the board. And that's when I became the target. So in my fight, we had to start fighting from there, you know, when I became the target. Um, I could probably go on all night about everything that happened, um, but I know we're, we're dealing with time. And so in my abuse, you know, with the fighting of my lawsuit, um, at the end of the day, it took me six years to sue the association. Um, I had major water intrusion damages that they had ignored and so I sued them and at the end of the day they had to buy back my condo at full asking price and pay me pain and suffering and that's when I decided when I finally got out of HOA that's when I decided to start the nonprofit HOA Fight Club to help everyone because nobody's out there for the homeowners for free so that's what I do.
0: Awesome thank you for joining us. Kim, I'll let you introduce yourself next. You're on mute, Kim. You're on mute. Oh, hey, I'm so sorry. My computer... Uh Uh-oh. We can't hear you. Oh, it's freezing again. You there, Kim? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. You can introduce yourself.
2: Oh, hi. My name is Kim Gwade, and I'm a homeowner in the Hartford Town. Homeowners uh Uh-oh,
0: she cut off again. Her
2: show tonight.
0: Okay, you're kind of breaking up a little bit, Kim. Well, okay. Jilla. Yeah, I Sorry, can hear you. I, I, I think okay. my computer is freezing up. Okay, you want to change to your phone? Are you able to do that? We still can't hear you. So what I'm going to do is, um, I'll go ahead and let Raylene speak in reference to what she's doing as far as, um helping homeowners, as you mentioned, and why we know now why you created your HOA Fight Club. I'm glad you did that because you're right. Homeowners don't have a voice and we do need that. So um, tell us about um, you, your meeting with the legislators.
1: What happened there and what state was it? So I am um, from Washington State. Um, I have contacted my legislators since probably 2016. Um, the first year I, you know, started doing legislation. I was, you know, me and this big, you know, capital (laughs) that I had never been to, you know, except for when I was a kid. Um, and so in Washington state, I finally went down to the Capitol and I started testifying, um, for bills and started getting, um, the legislators involved. Well, the first year I testified, I actually had an attorney walk up to me at the end of the day and say, you know, you should have just paid that fine. You should have just paid it. And it was... You know, this was a, a person that I knew. He didn't know I knew him. Um, my corporation that I own, my gymnastics club, was his. His attorney's office actually had represented me in the, you know, with my corporation. But when it came to me being a homeowner, he wouldn't represent me at all. And you know, right. I I knew a lot of a lot about corporations, but I couldn't believe that the legislators would actually allow. These kind of things to happen that they would actually before taking away people's rights and you know and I, I get rules and I get why they're trying to you know make the community the community self sufficient but in making the community self sufficient they actually gave us away they gave us away to these predatory property managers and attorneys that That's created awesome. a trades group that is a huge you know mob like atmosphere that is. Multi-million dollars, because these are all very rich attorneys and property management companies, and they've taught our boards how to not do what's best for the association by keeping us housed, but what to do, what's best for the association in taking your home. It's better Mm -hmm. to take your home as fast as they can. Why would we do that to people when... Mm -hmm. First of all, there's no due process in these homes. You know, you get a fine. The board doesn't need any evidence. They can just fine you whatever they want, then charge you all of these fees. And, you know, I'm just working with a homeowner now that has predatory fees. These fees are so high, she'll never be able to get her home back. They've made it impossible by charging her, you know, Here's the board can't even pay the bills. They're charging a special assessment because the board can't pay the bills. Um, So they are charging the homeowner special assessments, but they're charging her $960 a month for the $10 wow. a day per violation they've deemed her to have, plus $200 for late fees, $59 for late fees. I mean, she's up to about $5,000 a month in payment. Who can afford that Can exactly. I mean, from today to tomorrow? So these corporations and they are corporations have been allowed to be predatory they've been allowed to take our homes and it's time for the homeowners to have a voice to speak up and say no more non-judicial 90 day foreclosure is not okay i mean it's just not it's it's not even it, we talk about lenders you know you the truth in lending where's the warnings for this no. these You know, so because you can buy into a condo association one day and the, the HOA fees are $200 and the next day they'll turn to a thousand dollars and they can take it home if you can't pay it. So I just, what happened to fair and equal? What happened to doing what's best for the homeowners? You know, they, that, that's not the goal anymore of our legislators.
0: Correct. That is correct. Kim, are you able to come off mute now? Okay.
1: Can everybody hear
0: me? Yes. Thank you for joining us. I'll let you introduce yourself.
2: My name is Kim Gaudet. Uh I live in Hartford County, Maryland, and I live in an HOA community. Uh, I've been in my community for over 20 years, and we've had uh, corruption within our community. I was listening uh, to Raylene tell some of her story that I could hear, and it's just very interesting because that happens a lot all over
0: the mm-hmm.
2: state of Maryland.
1: That is so true.
2: Go ahead, Riland.
1: It, you know, it's a scam. It's a scam put together by those that wrote the laws, um, by the property managers and the attorneys and all of them kind of got together and did what was, and they actually say that, you know, if you go to the trades group's website and their, their documents, they say we do what's best for us. So the fact that they say that they represent homeowners is just not true. And it's false advertisement because they are doing what's best for the trades group, the profiting, the, you know, making money. You know, homeowners are a billion dollar a year industry. Mm -hmm. So we need to spend, our legislators need to turn their focus on, you know, we don't want people abused and, you know, treated unfairly, but the most unfair practice is taking a person's home. You know, that's. Cruel and unusual punishment, in my mind, to take a person's home when you don't even offer them the the due process that's guaranteed in the Constitution. I mean, it's just, it's unfair.
0: That is so correct. Yep, that's the first thing that they like to do is
1: tack on all those fees so that you can't get
0: out of it. Yep. And that's a shame.
1: I know and that. Definition of predatory lending. So what's the difference? They're not even a lender. <laughs> you know, they they didn't yes. give us any money. And yet we have to pay them no matter what.
0: Yep, that is true. Kim, what's been your experience? Well, my experience has been when you
2: know that they're they're doing wrong and you try to fight for justice, then they come after you and they start harassing you. Uh, and they turn people your neighbors against you the ones that are doing the nefarious things that's just been my experience i don't know about anybody else's um they make it difficult to live in your community yes. you know because people believe the lies that they tell about you that aren't even true <laughs> and it, they just try to make your life miserable while you're living here and like you say I've had to fight them with fines and everything. I'm in the process of taking them to court right now because of um, them charging me uh, fines that I wasn't supposed to pay, all because I found out that they were stealing money. And so they started coming after me, and they haven't stopped.
0: They still continue. Well, I can vouch for you. That is true. Same thing happened to me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see the money because when I moved here, we had half a million in reserves. By the time I got on the board, we had... Twenty-seven, twenty-three thousand dollars $23,000 Or something like that That was all that was left You know so we did our Investigation and yeah Hands were in it that should not Have been there and misappropriation Of funds and all that That kind of stuff it was pretty Sad um, how First of all how they went through that money And then second of all how They have no regards Whatsoever for their fellow homeowners it's like what happened to your fiduciary duty you don't care anything about that and obviously they didn't because the money was gone and we started having all kind of problems in our community with roofs and all that stuff and then we didn't have the money to fix it that was one of the reasons why i started looking into grants for communities because of our lack of money and one of our county council people was nice enough, you know, to meet me and to talk with me and to give me information on how to apply for grants for the community and everything. Um, but it's not like money that you can put into your reserves fund or operating or anything like that. But the money did come in handy as far as helping the community and beautification. Um, for instance, one grant that I wrote was for a fence for the pool area. So that helped, you know, to make the community look a lot better because we had a long fence around the entire pool. And then we had the smaller ones that went in the kitty area. So, And then we worked on some grants for roofs. And we have been fixing roofs since, oh my gosh, since I got on the board and before. And the sad part about that is that the roofing companies who they helped, I mean, who they hired, they didn't take off the original roofs. They just slapped roofs on top of roofs. Some roofs had anywhere from two to five different layers of roofs on it. So by the time we got on there and we wanted to do things the right way, we had to pay excess money because it has so many different roof, roof levels on it, which was dam- damaging the wood under it because the wood be- started rottening. So got very rotten. So they had to pull all that out, but first take off all the different layers and then do it the right way so it, and that cost us money so but luckily we excuse me eventually got a, um, a grant that would take care of the rules as well so yes i do understand where you're coming from both of you and it's a lot of other homeowners out there just like us who are experiencing this and we're gonna actually see some video footage tonight of Homeowners who are actually going over, going through the same things as we are, and some a whole lot worse. If it could get any worse, right? So, um, Raylene, tell us a little bit about some of the bills. Have you written any bills with the um, legislators?
1: I have. I have participated in a few. Um, the most recent bill that I was in uh, with was House Bill fourteen eighty two, um, which was passed in twenty nineteen. So, um, which made it so that homeowners, if they were fined or anything, if If there was a lien applied, they were only – you can only foreclose for the actual assessments, the monthly or yearly assessments. You cannot foreclose on – for fines, fees, or late fees, or attorney's fees. None of those fees could count in the lien foreclosure program. Um, And then it also gave homeowners um, the right, HOA homeowners, to go to the housing counselors in the state of Washington to – when their board puts a, a lien on their home or puts them into foreclosure, they can actually get help for free or low income um, because it's it's such an unbalanced justice system. You know, this the association, if they don't have the money, they just charge you more. But if you find that they're doing wrong, you have to sue them in civil court, and it takes so much money to do that. So it's very unbalanced justice. The homeowners have no chance. Um, I know that most attorneys have the delay, deny, deflect uh, philosophy of don't fix it, delay all those repairs, deny that it's even their responsibility, because by the end of the day, the homeowner won't have the money to keep fighting. Um, so they bankrupt the homeowner and then they get the home anyways. So this is a great way to, you know, pick up homes in less than six months and you can rotate and flip, you know, flip homes really quick if you're a property manager that has a lot of these, um, these homes under their control. So you got to think these, these property managers are managing these you know, more than just your community, they're managing multiple communities. So whatever they're doing to you, they're doing to everybody that they work for. And I have, exactly. I've had a really hard time meeting any really, I can't even refer a property management company. Um I can't, re- I can refer one attorney and that's only because she was my attorney and she's not even an HOA attorney. Um And that's it. I mean, there's just no, I haven't seen anybody that has that redeeming quality that would be very neutral and do what's best for the association, not what's best for the property managers and attorneys. So, and there you go.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Um, Kim, have you had any experience with any HOA lawyers that you can talk about? Yeah. As far as I've I've had, uh, with the HOA lawyer, that's,
2: uh, In our community, that was never voted into the community. Then, more the management company. He's taken up with the management company. He doesn't doesn't represent us. He represents the management company. Uh,
0: I got a cease and desist letter. You're freezing up again. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I can't hear you now. Kim, go ahead. You're freezing up again. So. What I'll do is that for those who don't know what, um, actually, Raylene, maybe you can do this for me. Tell everyone what a CLC is. A what? A, a common, COC, ownership? common Ownership Community. Kim, I'm sorry. We couldn't hear you. So yeah, the you're common, freezing.
1: Go ahead, Raylene. So the, the Common Ownership Communities were actually created um, in the beginning to keep the minorities, the low income, the immigrants, the right. anybody that they felt was not the perfect person out of these communities. And then what happened was they realized what benefits the property managers could get. You know, property managers can help. We need them to help us run our communities. And so I think when people move into these communities, they feel like the property manager is going to be like your landlord when you had an apartment, you know, if Correct. something breaks, it's going to get fixed because they fix everything. It's all under, you know, especially in a condo association, you know, you're sharing the walls. I get it. I get what the common interest. And so these communities, because we share walls and we share roofs and we have to share the the common expenses but there's, you know, who is coming up with the budget, who is doing what, you know, figuring it out, you know, we're letting uneducated volunteers run these multi-billion dollar corporations, you know, the the board of directors, there doesn't have to be any experience or training, Um, anybody can be on the board, which I'm all for being, you know, having a community come together and work to make things work, because I think that that is, should be the goal, we should work together, we, there's, you're a nonprofit for a reason. A nonprofit can fundraise, it can, you know, ask for donations, it can apply for grants. So that's why these corporations are nonprofits, not so they can steal people's homes and make money, but so that they can keep the community whole. They can make our property values increase. They can make everything really, really, you know, if they're if they're following the CCNRs, there'd be no condo association and disrepair. Because they have to keep it in the best repair that in in new you know in that new state, but that's what the governing documents say. But the board don't do they don't do that so you talked about your roofs my roofs they didn't have permits they didn't have any inspections they were thrown on the contractors didn't have any licensing so we are just allowing for these people to be taken advantage of we are allowing for homeowners that have had no warning what an HOA I mean we all hear about HOA but they don't understand they're giving away the right to their home, the power of attorney. Would you give just any, you know, board member uh, the power of attorney to your home? And you, everybody assigned that over. You know, they have the power of attorney to your home. They can take your home with nobody even knowing it in the middle of the night. So why would our legislators give those rights away? They gave away your homestead rights. If you're in a HOA, you know, you are part of this, you know, community and all they have to do is keep charging you more money and, and you have to pay it. There's no governance or accountability over these corporations. So we are just letting them run amok and push people out of their homes. And I keep hearing in Washington state, oh, it's a housing crisis. We we have a middle housing crisis. We're going to have to build more condos. We're going to have to build more townhomes. And yet they want to add thousands to these communities with no governance or oversight. Exactly. And the only reason I can figure out that they keep doing this is because the lobbyists are donating to them. That's yeah. the only reason. This is the most cruel thing I've ever seen. And it. It here's the, the American dream here. Here's a home. It's beautiful. You can come. You can be an immigrant. You can be low income housing, whatever. We're going to give you this home. It's going to be beautiful. You get to pay your mortgage, have a family there. Oh, by the way, the board can take it in 90 days for a fine that you didn't commit. I was I got fined for smoking in my backyard, you know, and the board spent. on attorney fees to come after me for that $50 fine because I refused to pay. I didn't pay the fine. So, And at the Um, end of the day, the board was wrong. And you want to know who had to pay for it? The homeowners. The homeowners that stayed quiet, that wouldn't help out, that wouldn't get involved. They paid for it. You want to know who paid for my lawsuit? the homeowners the homeowners that didn't get involved they had to come up with the money the special assessments now they have to repair the entire community cuz they it's been exposed so once it's exposed they have to repair and they're just selling homes still allowing more victims to come into these communities there you are a victim if you're signing into an HOA or a condo association because these people are predatory and they will take your home if they have even a little chance they'll take your home that's true that is so true. And with no governance and oversight by our government, why not? Exactly. Why not? Exactly. <laughs> not? That's
0: just what I was gonna say. They have no overseer for COCs. No and self governance really doesn't work. It doesn't work. It certainly doesn't work in favor of the homeowners.
1: Would we let, which is would we why let our we... government have self government governance? Would we let I mean our government is kind of crazy governance. right now anyway, but, anyways, but the people are going to hold them responsible with the elections exactly. because you, we, we hopefully still have fair elections, but there's no fair elections in HOA. And yet nope. these are our communities when they have, I mean, they can do all these illegal things. We don't even get to see the ballots. We don't, you know, it's just so corrupt. We're allowing for corruptness and, and, actually closing our eyes to it. Our attorney generals of every state, they're closing their eyes to it. They refuse yeah, they to do. Our secretaries of states are, you know, everybody, your governors, they are closing their eyes to you and saying, we don't care. So think about how many people are running for government right now. There's a lot of people running in your states that want to be, you know, in there, call them, tell them you're not going to vote for them if they're not going to help your families, if they're not going to protect the community as a whole, not the community as a property manager or an attorney wants it to be. Because uh, if you look at every one of those HOA attorneys, not one of them, not one of them is going to be poor. (laughs) they're all living it up and they're living off of our money. The property managers are living off of our money and then denying our, you know, they won't even talk to us. Oh, we don't work for you. We work for the board. You know, (laughs) I've heard that so many times. We don't work for you. We work for the board. No, you work for the corporation and the corporation association is what you're supposed to protect. And they're not protecting it. They're taking advantage of it for profit.
0: Absolutely. And what about at your community, Kim, as far as management companies are concerned? You're on mute, Kim. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the whole question. My computer keeps going oh. out. So okay, I, I was asking, what about your management company? What's been your experience? Uh,
2: my experience has been that they have taken over my community. The people on the board, they aren't even, uh, they don't know their bylaws or anything. The management company is running out. Our association and not the members on the board, they've allowed the management company to run amok on everybody, including them. And they side with this management company, and the management company has taken allegedly misappropriated a lot of funds in our community. I can prove it, but I need it, just can't be me. It has to be other homeowners that's getting involved, and that's the hard thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is. Um, what about? Raylene mentioned um, getting the homeowners together, mm-hmm. um, but them not doing anything. What about in your community? Have you experienced that as well?
2: Yeah, I got a lot of them together, and then the management company turned on me, and the homeowners started harassing them, and then they stopped following me.
1: We wow! When I when I gathered when I gathered my community together, you froze up again, Ken. Mm-hmm. Did you <laughs> so finish? It- I'm
0: sorry.
1: Oh, okay. Go ahead. Right <laughs> so when I started, you know, when I started getting fined, um, the first thing I did was I went and mailed a postcard to everybody in the community. I went and got all the addresses of everybody in the community and sent them a postcard saying that I was going to start a homeowners, you know, little chat group by email and let everybody join it. And when I did that, I ended up getting a lot of homeowners and there was a point where if I went to a meeting or if I went to a due process hearing, I had forty homeowners coming with me, wow. out of hundred and thirty. So right. we became when I did a recall of the board. There was the highest percentage that we'd ever seen. There was eighty-six percent of the homeowners showed up for the wow. recall of the board. So I think that if people realize what's going on, they are going to participate. But our government, you know, they wrote these these governing documents, but they're so one-sided to protect the developer that they really don't protect the corporation. And, you know, governing documents are really outdated. And I think that with all of the awareness we have now of being abused and survivors and being able to speak out, you know, I'm actually a survivor. And, you know, when of USA Gymnastics. So I'm one of the survivors that has been in this last lawsuit. And it's, it's really sad when we ignore the survivors, everybody, I'm a survivor out of HOA. I also believe that, you know, I made it out. Most of us don't make it out of HOA. So, and, and being on the outside is, I still deal with the PTSD, the anxiety, the, you know, the, I get nervous and I get anxious and I, you know, All of that still happens because I deal with it every day. I deal with homeowners losing everything they have because of a rogue board or a property manager. And it shouldn't be me fighting for them. It should be our government, our officials saying, no more. We're going to pass good laws that don't allow for abuse. They don't allow for predatory behavior of the professional agents. There just has to be something to protect the people. You know, wouldn't it be better for a board to help a homeowner that's passed due on their assessments, help them catch up? Because if if that homeowner's passed due $400 in assessments and the attorney fee is three thousand. I mean, it just doesn't make financial sense to do, nope. to hire the attorney. Um, and I, that's where I think it's unfair. I think that if we are going to run this as a community, there shouldn't be any attorneys involved. There shouldn't be any property managers invo- involved because the board should be making all decisions and there should be governance over them. And what happened is the government was supposed to be the property manager and attorney and they're not. They're not the, the governance of it anymore. They're the predators. So... You know, we just, you can't build a big trades group and not, you know, see that this trades group is is very wealthy, you know, and they have a lot of money and they're, they're doing what's best for them. I can't blame the trades group for doing what's best for them. I blame our legislators for not doing what's best for us as the people, the constituents.
0: Yes, I understand what you mean. After I've exhausted every office in my state, because none of them will help me either, um, I was told that when the attorney general's office said to me, um, there are no laws for for us to enforce that. I was like, ding dong, a bright light went on. And I was like, yeah, you know what? She's right. And like you just said, you need to approach your legislators and put heat on them so that these bills become laws to protect homeowners who live in these common ownership communities. I totally agree with you. Kim, did you have anything you wanted to add with that? Can you talk about the Homeowners' Bill of Rights? Briefly? Um, um, well, briefly,
2: we had started, uh, we were on a committee, me and Sheila and some other homeowners, and uh, we had put together a Homeowners' Bill of Rights uh, that included everything, um, I guess, that, that dealt with homeowner abuse and, um, you know, how homeowners should be treated and, and their laws and, you know, what their what their rights are. And after we put this together, we were hoping that we could get a bill, uh, and get it passed through, uh, Annapolis. We were working with, uh, this delegate named, uh, Marvin Holmes, but, uh, he failed to, to put it all the way through. I think it's supposed to be coming back up, uh, during the next, next session in the fall. I hope so. Oh, it's till
0: January, 2023. Oh, it's next year. It's not this fall now. They moved in. Well, into- don't quote me on it, but uh, I heard January, but oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Well, basically uh, we were trying to get something passed in the state of Maryland so that all of this nefarious behavior that the boards and the uh, property management people show towards homeowners in the community would stop. You know, we were even trying to get, you know, things done like a lot of people, like even in my community, we don't get as much as a hearing if they accuse you of doing something. You know, you just get fined whether you did it or not, you know, whereas uh, down in Montgomery County, they already have stuff set up like for CCOC for those things, but we don't have it. Uh, only place that has it is Montgomery County. So uh, we have been working on this and I'm, we're prayerful that if whoever the new attorney general uh, is, who takes Brian Frosch's place, we're hoping that they would do something in the state of Maryland because the other, the attorney General's office, even though they say they're for consumers and we are consumers, us living in these homeowner associations, uh, but they don't help us as consumers. The attorney general's office, when we bring things to their attention, it's like we're left out. So we're hoping to get something passed so that homeowners don't have to suffer if you do have to be in a HOA community.
0: Correct. Because Montgomery County, their CCOC office is enforceable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas the Attorney General for the state of Maryland just do mediation yeah. and yeah. it's not enforceable, which is, blows me out of the water because I'm like, you're the Attorney General's office and you can't enforce this really. That's obviously by choice.
1: <laughs> for them to choose to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You wanted our, to say something? Yeah, really? our our attorney general's office um, doesn't even want to have anything to do with it. I mean, they, no. they said so. Well, no, we don't want anything to do with those communities. It's a private contract, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's what people don't understand. So the governing documents are covenants. They're not contracts. So we don't have a contract with our condo association, our HOA. We have... Covenant, like kind of like the 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 Constitution. That's the covenants for the United States. You, if you're part of the membership of the United States, you follow the Constitution. Well, the governing documents are the Constitution for that association, but it's not a contract. So, if we go to sue them for breach of contract because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. They don't have a contract with us. They don't promise to do anything for us. So the only contracts they have is with the property managers and the attorneys. So if you have a problem with a property manager or an attorney that's abusive to you, you don't have a right to sue that property manager attorney. Only the association has the right to sue them. So if they're all colluding to commit fraud on you together, you know they there. There's nobody that's going to come get them. There's no governance. There's no Penalties. If you don't pay your dues, or if you get fined, they will foreclose. That's your penalty. But if the board does something wrong, they're held harmless. So why do anything right? (laughs) Where's the motivation to be right to be that have the fiduciary duty? Where's that motivation for a property manager? Washington State property managers don't even have to be licensed. They they, they are exempt from the law. Every other Any sort of property manager has to be licensed except for property managers of condo associations. So any Joe Schmo off the street can come into your home. There's no background checks. There's nothing to keep you safe. There's nothing to keep them from stealing your money to, you know, your bank accounts and all that that they have access to. But the, the attorney general has no governance over them. So my next stop is going to be the Federal Trade Commission. I, I'm going to them to this. This is predatory. These are your mortgages that you're being you're you're forced out of your home. So now now you're bankrupt. Now you have this mortgage. You'll never be able to qualify for a home again. This hurts commerce for these attorney generals to allow for these things to happen to a homeowner. The federal trade commission should do a really deep investigation of what's going on in these communities because they are going to be out of control. As soon as we add thousands more this, this next couple of years, because there's going to be a housing crisis. Again, we have interest rates that are crazy outrageous and people aren't going to be able to afford it. And we are going to have a crisis. And, you know, in 2007. 2008. Most people didn't lose their homes to their mortgages at the beginning. They lost it to their associations. So the association takes it, they buy that, they take it in foreclosure, they buy it back in the sheriff's cell, they keep the home until the mortgage forecloses on it, which is a couple years away. So they rent it out, they get the money for it, and that money seems to disappear. So where's the Federal Trade Commission watching our money? Watching these people that should have a fiduciary duty to keep track of our budgets. So they
0: don't, there's none. Kiana, can you run the first video for me, please? The one referencing Betty Hooker.
3: Well, disputes between homeowners and their homeowner associations aren't uncommon, but a local woman says her board took it a little too far. A dispute with her HOA ended up in Maryland's second highest court. WMAR2 News' Mallory Safaste has more on that legal battle and how to end those feuds before they escalate, because if it matters to you, it's a matter for Mallory. This fight involved a fence and its boundaries. The fence cost the homeowner roughly $8,000, The litigation that followed amounted to more than $40,000. And as you'll hear, it was all over a few inches. Betty Hooker lives in the Autumn Hills neighborhood in Waldorf. This is her backyard, and this is the fence that nearly cost her her home.
2: This dispute started like in 2017.
3: That's around the time she put up the fence after being granted permission by the Autumn Hills Homeowners Association. But in March 2018, the HOA board president said her fence encroached on the community's common area, this wooded area behind Betty's home.
2: Exactly eight inches by his measurement.
3: A few months later, the HOA sent a letter letting her know the board would take legal action if the fence isn't moved. Betty obtained an estimate and went back and forth with the HOA on who would pay for it. The HOA then filed a complaint in circuit court in March 2019. Asserting the fence was still encroaching, and they're seeking a fine of $25 per day dating back to November 2018, plus costs and attorney's fees.
2: At the hearing, Betty
3: represented herself. I felt like it was a, it
2: was a frivolous case and the judge will hear me. But she
3: lost. Judge Danine Carrington-Martin, ordered the hookers to pay more than 22000 in fines and 17000 in attorney's fees.
2: When I heard the ruling from the, the judge, I just, it was unbelievable. I immediately got up and left the courtroom. She then
4: sought legal help to file an appeal. I believe it was around the time when the warrant had been issued for the sheriffs to come and try to seize their house. January of this year, the Court of Special Appeals heard her case. Instead of helping the appellants, the HOA doggedly pursued litigation against them, racking up attorney's fees, and by the end of this case, we're pursuing fines and fees for over a year for an encroachment of under one inch in one corner of the property.
2: So you're saying the whole dispute is over an inch?
4: Yes. At the end of this case, the dispute was over an inch, less than an inch, Your Honor.
5: It only
1: matters that they are encroaching, and if they are encroaching, they are encroaching.
4: This April,
3: the court ruled that the HOA did not act in accordance with its governing
4: document, The declarations for the HOA say very clearly different notices that homeowners should get and the due process that they deserve before any further steps happen against them. And that was not followed here. So the case has been completely reversed. And the hookers, all of the fines are taken away. All of the attorney's fees they will owe to the HOA are taken away. And actually, they were awarded costs.
3: We tried speaking with board president William Henderson about the decision. He didn't answer but his attorney sent us this statement. The HOA board in good faith pursued the matter to fulfill their duty to enforce the community covenants. The HOA was naturally disappointed with the outcome of the appeals case. However, the HOA respects the decision of the court and is complying with its mandate.
2: I feel somewhat whole, but not totally whole because it's like it's been a lot of stress.
4: We asked Betty's attorney what could have stopped this case from spiraling. Again, if they just go back to their governing documents, there's a lot of due process already in those, you know, a six-hour training session for boards, you know, know your rights, leaflet to homeowners, something that simple could really help a lot.
3: We've reported on legislative attempts throughout the years to require licensing and training for these community managers, but they've failed. Jessica added that lawyers can help by settling the issue before it goes to court. For WMAR 2 News, I'm Mallory Safaste.
0: Thank you, Kiana. We're going to run on to the second one that has that talks about unexpected impact of HOA fines, and then we'll discuss. So the next video,
6: people are unaware that HOA fines can lead to the loss of someone's home. I had no idea. Here to talk about it is Nine News legal expert Whitney Trailer. Thanks for coming in.
5: Sure, it's good to be here.
6: So how does this happen? How is this even legal?
5: It's it's quite bizarre. So really, we have to understand kind of how property works. And so when you own property, you own it in uh, you have title to the property. Well, if somebody has a um, uh, you take a loan out on the property or whatever, they can record that loan and they can record it so that if you don't pay it, they can obviously foreclose. So you have a loan with wells fargo they'll have a, a lien and then if you have a second they'll have a lien and things like that well what's interesting is with the hoas when the hoa sets up when it's first in place on a house what they do is they take their declaration their kind of documents and they file them with the clerk and recorder so if you get behind on your hoa fees on assessments things like that It's already in place. So the lien is almost automatic, whereas usually if you have a debt, then you file the lien here. They've already filed their document beforehand. And the law says that's sufficient for a lien. So people don't know, you know, they get behind on their assessments. The documents already filed and there's already a lien in place.
6: Wow. Okay, so we're going to kind of get into why we're talking about this with Green Valley Ranch here in a second. But first, you know, during the pandemic, we were talking about how, you know, they couldn't do foreclosures. So how are these continuing to go forward?
5: That's a great point. It was the judicial foreclosures that were prevented from going forward. So there were foreclosures by the banks and things like that that they said couldn't go forward. This is an HOA lien. So it's an HOA foreclosure, which is different. Now, I did see a statement from the HOA, and they said, we didn't do any foreclosures in 2020, which is true. And I actually, you can go online and see their minutes and everything, and I looked at their minutes, but they started doing the foreclosures in September, October, November, December. And so here, for example, this is seven foreclosures that happened that they agreed to do in September. So they're actually in the minutes where they vote on doing these foreclosures.
6: This is such a bizarre case. So why were so many of the state's HOA foreclosures concentrated in the Green Valley Ranch
5: area? Well, that's a great question because so last year there were 109 of the HOA foreclosures. Mm-hmm. 50 of them came from Green Valley Ranch in this specific HOA which is why now there's politicians saying hey we need to look at this and 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 take care of this and that's really what makes this so egregious is that these are small issues there's you know a brown patch in the grass or somebody had their trash cans out too long well if those fines go unpaid they can ultimately result in a lien so there's some people who are probably saying well just pay your bills pay your assessments your fines and you'll be fine but the problem is to me the 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 punishment doesn't fit the crime right. right when it starts off as one of these fines sure this is something that you owe but then you get the interest the attorney fees and all these other things so something that started out as a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars ends up being 30 or 40 thousand dollars leading to somebody losing their home
6: you said the penalty doesn't fit the crime which is really interesting because of course this has gotten a lot of attention do you foresee any changes when it comes to state law because of what we're seeing
5: I think there might be. And it's so, you know, people say there's too much government, too much government involvement and things like that. But it's situations where you have these really inequitable results that lead to the need for government getting involved. So I know Stacey Gilmore, the city council president, she's been uh, having meetings Um, I think Nequita Ricks, she's a a state representative. She introduced some legislation. So I know, um, and in fact, they've asked the governor and uh, Attorney General Phil Weiser to put a moratorium on these specific foreclosure evictions. I don't know what will happen.
6: HOAs can be such a blessing and such a curse at the same (laughs) time. Whitney, (laughs) really appreciate you coming in. I know a lot of people are talking about this.
5: I, I was thinking about it, and I said, when was the last time you heard somebody say, I love my HOA?
6: I do love my HOA <laughs> okay, but I so know converted. I am the like minority big time. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. most of them not so much.
5: Right, but yeah. that and you know, and that's what people can do. They can make sure they read their documents, go to the HOA meetings, they can get on the board, they can actually have some influence, but we have such busy lives. This right. is the last thing we want to do. But honestly, if if folks want to get involved, it's it's easy to do so.
6: If it's
0: important you have to get involved. There Whitney, you thank you. Sure. Awesome. Thank you for playing that for us. So, your take on that,
1: really? Well, you know, uh, HOAs, the, the fact that we don't have any rights, that we don't have any protections, you know, they, it's just so familiar, the, the poor woman,
5: side, you know. Guys, if you're still recording your podcast on Zoom, do you?
1: So, sorry about the So the, uh, you know, the, the the poor woman with the fence, you know, first of all, who was the fence really bothering, you know, anybody? I mean, it's that half an inch or even if it was eight inches, it's a green belt. There was nobody, you know, they could have offered to help her. They should have been there to approve it or disapprove it when she was doing it. They shouldn't have, you know, there should, everything should have been guided out, should have been, you know, painted or whatever, where the fence is going to go. The board has a duty to make sure that those things are done right. So if a homeowner, did apply for the fence, they have the responsibility of making sure it's done right. And if they don't check until after it's done, shame on them. And that's what they, they look for things. It's not like my association was, would change the rules in the middle of the game. So... This week, you can have brown window coverings, but the next week, they would change the rule to, no, you can only have white. And anybody that didn't change their window coverings within that 10 days, they got fined. Some people lost their homes because the window shades. So what is the goal of the government? Should the goal of the government be to put somebody on a fast path to foreclosure or add protections to keep people from foreclosure? I mean, do we really want to put people out of their homes um, with no due process? Process, you know. You hear about due process all the time. Due process is guaranteed in the Constitution. If you get a fine for $25 on the streets, out you know, if you get a speeding ticket, you know, that's a fine. But you get to go to court. You get to explain your reasons why. You get to have an impartial tribunal, you know, whether it's a judge or a jury. They all get to view what happened. They get to see all the evidence. You can ask for the evidence ahead of time. They have to give it to you as discovery. But- that's not the case in HOA. And I know attorneys that teach that. You know, I actually have a whole series that this, te- this attorney taught for the, you know, attorneys convention that they have every year for HOA. They were teaching them, don't offer due process rights. Don't offer the sixth and 14th me- amendment rights. They believe that homeowners should have no right to an attorney. The board has a right, but the homeowners have no right to an attorney. That's what those attorneys believe. And they don't want you debating this in public. Do you ever wonder why your due process hearings are held in executive session? That's not how those are supposed to be held. That's your hearing. Your peers should be able to come to that hearing and see what is going on in the community. I really don't believe anything should be executive privilege because we all are equal owners and we need to know who isn't paying their bills. Who is doing what's wrong? Are we, are we all for these rules? I mean, are we for the rules to change the blinds or, you know, that should be always the homeowners making the decisions and the board should be using their, their positions to better the community, to keep peace, harm, you know, the harmony of the community. That's what they're there for. So um, I know that if I ran a community, it would be fair and it would be fun and it would be great. And why is the community... Boards looking to foreclose that 's the the key we 've not trained them to keep people in their homes we 've trained them to take people 's homes above and beyond everything else and we think that it 's just happening now. This has been happening for the last twenty years. We are just the voices the that are saying no more. This cannot happen to our citizens. We cannot be putting people on the streets when we have so many homeless already. And, you know, if, if HOA dues are so important, why aren't they part of our, you know, our, uh, what's, what do they call it when you have all of your, your money that your bank, uh, your mortgage payment comes out of escrow. So your, your mortgage payment comes out of escrow, your insurance comes out of escrow, your, Taxes come out of escrow for your homes, but they don't take your HOA dues out of escrow. Why? If it's that important, because you can't get a loan without figuring those HOA dues. So they take those dues into consideration when you buy the property, but they don't take into consideration that in two years, that that assessment could double or triple in cost and you will be out of your home because you didn't even know that they could raise the dues. So we're not even, we're not helping people. We're not thinking, we're not being proactive with homeowners. We're being reactive. And all of us standing up and saying no more is the only way it's going to stop. It's just the only way. <laughs> are we there? <laughs> so. Yeah. Wow. So, Kim, what do you, I mean, are, what kind of fines are you getting? Um, I'll you you up can... for me. Thanks. Can
0: you finish up for me, Kim? Sure. Thanks. I was getting these funds
2: for, I put up a little uh, metal garden fence in the front of my home that had been here probably since I moved here almost, which I've been in my development for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And this new management company came on board. And because I found out that they were misappropriating funds, they started coming after me. And one of the ways they came after me was, and they still are, they put funds against me. For like it started at a hundred dollars a quarter for this fence for not giving them the permit for it from the county for a garden fence that people had already put up and they didn't have to have permits. So I got a permit and I still didn't give it to them because they made me get one. So I still got one, but um I never gave it to him. So they started the property management. She went from finding me from a hundred dollars a a a. a quarter to $100 a day and I had to get an attorney they wouldn't give me my bills they still won't send me a bill for my HOA fees to see what I owe so I pay what I I think they are since you won't send me anything I'm still paying them so they can't put a lien on my house because they are cashing my checks but um, they've been harassing me like crazy they put the guy next door to me on the board as the president and he's a hoarder where he got stuff all over his yard and in his, and everywhere trying to get me out of my house, made me tear down permanent structures. He doesn't even have a permit for his fence, but he's allowed to have one up the rickety fence and a oversized shed in his yard. And if I can make a complaint, then they come after me and the County will come after me instead of coming after him. So I think they're in cahoots with the County, all kinds of stuff. They skip my parking, space area that was supposed to be done over with everybody else's, the curbs and sidewalks um, and I got water I can't even get in my car properly because they won't fix it, which they fixed everybody else's but skipped mine over my house
1: so I had to take them to court to make them do the right thing It's It's really sad it's really sad that we that this goes on and we as homeowners have to stand up and say no more. We have to stand up and fight against our boards and our property managers. And we have to make sure the legislators understand why we need them to pass good laws. You know, they they just need to add protections and a bill of rights. And if they don't think that it's necessary, then they're part of the problem. So <laughs> I'm going to continue. So if you are in an HOA or a condo association, I would suggest that you pull out your documents. Um, I, The first thing I would do, I would call your legislators, um, ask what they are going to do. There's many of them running for government right now that – Um, need people's votes. Uh, If they want your votes, they need to protect the homeowners. Um, Call and make uh, written reports to your attorney general's office. Um, I'm also going to add the um, FTC. I'm going to show them some predatory um, fees that they're trying to put homeowners out of their homes for. Um, I think if we can show that the predatory actions, we can actually affect change, but the attorney general needs to realize what those actions are. So Now that we've identified that the predatory we can go to the attorney generals um, of each state and show them why we need help. And I think that that will make everything, um, better for everyone. Um, the goal should always be to keep people in their homes and not to foreclose on them, um, for any reason that we can just find, um, it's not fair. And I would hope that our government would make good choices, which they don't seem to make all the time, but you have to make them understand what we need. And what we need is our rights back. We need the protections, we need governance, and we need oversight over these, um, These associations, they are corporations in each state. They shouldn't have special privilege to do what they want. Um, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can uh, find me at HOAFightClub.com, and um, you can also reach me by my Gmail is HOAFightClub at gmail.com, and I can help you. I would do it for free. Um, I also take donations for homeowners that I'm helping. Um, I work every day to make sure that the laws will protect us, and we need to go national, and this is part of our our going national is by identifying that it's not just in one state. It's in every state. All right, you guys. Thank you.
6: You've been listening to Common Interest Communities with Sheila Henriquez on Intentional Talk Radio Network. Thank you so much. Tune in at 5 o'clock for Conversations with Corliss and Colette.